Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for What's Going On, where we find out what's going on, the big opinions, the big interviews, the big news across the Zone Sports Network. And then Gordon, like, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, a predatory bird, we get to uh, pick it all apart. <laughs> is that what we are? We're vultures? This is, this is what's called, uh, what do they call that, uh, self-lob toss, where we get to play other people's work and then just criticize the daylights out of it. <laughs> So, uh, what? Uh, real quick, what's the difference between a vulture and a buzzard? Uh, probably nothing, right? So we could equally disparage ourselves by calling ourselves either one of those things. Uh, let's see, between a vulture and a buzzard. In the United States, when someone refers to a buzzard, it means a turkey vulture. <laughs> so it's a specific kind of of vulture, there, Gordon. Uh, is it a bigger vulture? Is it as does it look like a vulture that you picture in your mind? That you know what, Gordon? I have no idea, but uh, now feels like a good time to uh, fit in a plug for the good folks down at the Tracy Aviary, <laughs> where they have answers they, to all these vul- questions and more. <laughs> do they have vultures down there? You know, I went down there last year. I guess it was, and uh, yeah, they did as of as of then. In fact, the aviary they've made some changes since i was a kid it's awesome really have uh, you been down there lately uh, no i have not yeah it's cool it's cool they've they've done a good job with it talking birds here on the big show what <laughs> what bird do you want to get into next the, the big show has always been for the birds all right let's uh let's start with joe ingles he was on as he is every thursday with dj and pk so when it comes to past that you're finally out there in a few weeks, do you think it'll feel more like the extension of the 1920 season or almost like a preseason tournament to the 2021 season? Yeah, probably, probably a bit of both. Um, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's so hard to, to, I mean, explain what it felt for whatever, coming up three months or whatever. Um, it's, it's been a really weird situation, just... Um, not knowing at all of the start and, and obviously like I've stated pretty clearly not feeling like you wanted to even play basketball at all and then um, things kind of slow down a little bit and, and the cases go down and you think it's all positive obviously there's been a bit of a spike now so it's interesting to see if that is going to affect anything with us um, but yeah I just don't this, this whole kind of time from March 11 or whatever it was is, has been a really bizarre time I think everyone's learning and, and listening and, and trying to figure it out on the fly because we obviously haven't gone through something like this. Um, so it's, uh, it's an interesting time. So I'm curious the reaction, you, your teammates, your friends around the league, as, as you talk to them, um, and, and I know you, you don't like to speak for other guys individually, but maybe you can just give us a sense of kind of where most of the group is or two-thirds of the group is, something like that. Because we hear... Um, you know, the quotes from Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard, and they've got their reasons for thinking, well, maybe he shouldn't play. But then Patrick Beverly comes out with what I thought was uh, one of the top tweets of the year. If LeBron is hooping, we're all hooping. That was, I thought, spot on. Yeah, Most guys um, feel like you're playing no matter what. Maybe there's stuff to iron out, or a guy's thinking, wow, maybe I better have a plan B because maybe we aren't playing. Yeah, um, 
Uh, I think one of the, and I don't know how much publicity it got. Um, I saw it obviously because he's my teammate. But, but what Ed, Ed Davis said, um, I think it was a few days ago now. Um, with a few of those guys, it's really easy when you've made X amount of money and blah blah, blah to say you're going to sit out. Um, but, but it's also not directly affecting just us. Like we could all, or a majority of the NBA players could retire today and probably live a, a reasonably nice life for the rest of their lives. There's a lot of people that um, this affects that aren't directly, I don't see them on a day to day. They might work in the offices and go, we, we've obviously fired and furloughed or whatever um, a lot of employees and um, the, the cleaning staff that cleans the arena after there's a lot of things that, uh, that, that go a lot deeper and further than just, just us playing um, like with our own thinking about ourselves um, I mean do I think we'll play I think yeah I think we're going to play um, do I think people are going to sit out I, I absolutely think there'll be some players that, that don't play or that sit out um, do it like in terms of our things, like we've we've had a lot of talks about it. Um, no one's directly said like, no, I'm not playing. Um, I've obviously stated what I had said at the start. Uh, I feel um, that if we did go back to play, the NBA would would kind of do everything as as right as possible, apart from playing doubles in ping pong or whatever we're not <laughs> whatever we're not allowed to do. They got uh, they got posted, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of guys, uh, I do think it's split. I think there's guys that want to play. I think there's guys that um, aren't sure if they should be playing or not. Um, so, yeah, we'll just have to, to see how it goes. So, good to know that Joe Ingles finds the ping pong rules a little bit ridiculous, too. Oh, uh, well, whatever. He's not making <laughs> a big issue of it, like some people I know. Um I really thought PK's question uh, to Joe was was uh, an interesting one. It's something that I've given a little bit of thought to, and maybe you have as well, Jake. The whole collision of the seasons and how we we all know that this is a different animal. But what is it going to feel like? Because it is jammed into the uh, the 2021 season now. You know, and I wonder if that will affect the play on the court. I wonder if certain guys, if they find themselves in difficult circumstances, uh, competitively speaking, or they fall behind, say, in a playoff series 2-1 or 2 nothing. I wonder if there will be any kind of inclination on some people's parts just to say, all right, whatever. Just to pack it in. Probably. Yeah, and- I, well, well, just to further this or your point, uh, I think the real effect we'll see next year, like if if LeBron, let's say LeBron and the Lakers win a title, we're not seeing LeBron again until March, man. <laughs> you think he's going to, that load management is going to take well, well, he'll have two thirds of the season? He'll have played until October, what is it, 14th-ish? And then the next season starts December first. Again, that date is is fluid. We'll we'll see if that actually happens. I mean, that is such a short amount of time. I mean, and I use LeBron as an example, but I think a lot of these guys, if they play into October, or late in September, they're gonna take they're gonna take their time. You know what I mean? They're gonna they're gonna get their off season, <laughs> uh, so to speak, one way or another. And actually, so- I don't I don't have that big a problem with it. I really don't. So does you think it's going to affect next season? Yes. Uh, what about this season? How do you think will the attitudes of players and the way they play, the the uh, the determination that they have to find within themselves, will will that be 
uh, apparent. Once we get to the playoffs, I don't think it'll be different than any other year. No fans in a bubble, living in a hotel room, not going home, potentially isolated from family or, or friends. Uh, just, just be the same as it ever is. Well, now, hey, don't misunderstand my point. Let us not forget about a certain series against uh, the the Jazz had against the San Antonio Spurs, where comments were made after, well, the guys had their bags packed before the game even started. <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying it's let's not pretend that that doesn't happen anyway. And I guess well, I don't expect it to happen more. Uh, in this circumstance, you know, if you're if you're down in a series 3-0, yeah, you know, some teams roll over in that game four, Gordon, some don't. And I don't think that'll be any different. Uh, well, look, I mean, I don't want to mention anybody by name, but uh, Mr. Kirilenko may have had a, a, a cabin there near the Black Sea or the, it was the Caspian Sea. I don't, I don't know, somewhere over there and was looking forward to uh, a certain jet flight there. And even there, I can't blame somebody. There was a chance they weren't going to win. And if you had to go right to the airport or something, we're all living our lives. But uh, I guess what I'm saying is is that that happens. I mean, we're dealing with humans here. It's, it's, it- it's tough when you're staring the end in the face and it's just one more game. You know, that, that happens. But, but you've been, these players have been so detached from what's happened previously. In the Jazz's case, 64 games. And now... They start up again, and, and and I'm not saying the Jazz will do this, but w- will it be? Is it a part of human nature to start up again, and if things don't start in a positive manner, to just sort of mail it in? Yes, I think that will happen, uh, but I think that also happens in normal circumstances. So, I mean, like, you think like it's more likely to happen under this scenario. That's about the same. Maybe a little more. I mean, look, if you're the Wizards, for example, and we talked about how all of a sudden they're the worst team in the league. Right. So let's say they start out the first couple of games thinking, guys, if we if we play, man, we got a chance. We could do this. And then Milwaukee pounds them and then <laughs> uh, the Lakers pound them. And then the Jazz pound them. And then all of a sudden, those players are thinking, well, shoot, we have, uh, what would that five be? Five more games. Five more games to go. We got no Four prayer. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm already aggravated with the circumstance. I'll tell you what. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there and go through the motions. And uh, let's, uh, let's, you know, the end of the season can't get here fast enough. I mean, I think that's going to happen for sure. As accommodating as the situation is there in the bubble, nice hotels, uh, a nice resort, uh, probably stellar food. Uh, you know uh, all the all the attention you want as far as pedicures and manicures and salon features and whatnot. Uh, I I imagine that if you're there for more than a couple weeks, well, let me say it this way: Have you ever gone on a vacation and you're kind of happy to come home? Sure. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, you're, you're, you're yeah. ready to sleep in your own bed, right? Absolutely. Uh, imagine after, <laughs> in some cases, uh, LeBron could be staying in that hotel room for four months. It's a long time. And what about the Raptors? The Raptors going to be in Florida from the beginning because they're not gathering at their training facility, if I understand it correctly. Right. They're going to head off to, where were they going, Naples, Florida? I it? think so. Yeah, because in Canada you can't leave, right? Isn't that what they're saying? And you can't come back if you what the the moment you come land in Canada, you have to quarantine for fourteen days. Isn't that something the, like that? Isn't that yeah. the thing? 
Yeah, so I, I, all of these things, it, that, that's what makes it sort of interesting. These things, how are these things going to come into play as far as the effect on the mindset of the players? Physically, I think they're going to be fine. I mean, with the testing and with the precautions, I could be wrong on that. Somebody could still get it and don't want that to happen, obviously. But uh, physically, as far as injury and all that, these guys are ramping up for this over the next month. And uh, the first game is still, what, 42, 43 days away? Right. Uh, That's more time than they have at the start of any season. Isn't it? It is. But, of course, you know, shuttering in place, (laughs) it's a unique circumstance, right? If you spent uh, a month with nothing but a a solo flex, you know, that's a little different than (laughs) than normal circumstances. I loved my solo flex when I was younger. Don't worry, guys. I'll stay in game shape. I've got my solo (laughs) flex. (laughs) We'll be fine. We'll be fine. I got a solo flex for like my 30th birthday, man. I love that thing. It was a little convenient, easy, uh, light. That and the thigh uh, master, you're good to go. Right. Imagine if <laughs> Donovan Mitchell shows back up at the play at the the facility, and like, boy, Donovan, you look good, man. You you didn't skip a beat, did he? He's like, oh man, uh-huh. solo flex. That's all well, I gotta say. Been sweating to the oldies with Richard Simmons all three months. When Suzanne Summers was selling that thigh master, uh, Austin, we you go. you you were you were buying, man. I wasn't. <laughs> Okay. But I know someone who obviously, Wait, obviously I, did. I, I, I think no, I never had a thigh master. I didn't know anybody who had a thigh oh, master. Oh, that's what we were Yeah, you about. just you just kept the channel on the infomercial for an extraordinary amount of time. <laughs> Suzanne <laughs> Summers channel. You're like, oh no, info no. Suzanne Summers infomercial with the thigh no, master? Oh hey no, Lisa. It was that no. Three's company and step by step <laughs> on a loop. Lisa, cancel my next <laughs> ninety minutes because Papa's busy. <laughs> I got a right. Even Chester wasn't really interested in that. But, um, you know, Chester's uh, theme song didn't come over with the, the new system. So uh, you might have to stay with the old system. All right. Are, are we are we retiring, Chester? Uh, the FCC might be. Yeah. Hey, let's get to Stuart Mandel's comments coming up next. We'll switch gears. We'll talk a little uh, college football. Stay tuned. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. Cleaning has never been so important, and Zero Res is staffed up and ready to serve. Just $33 per room, and right now your fourth room is free. Call 801-288-9376. That's 801-288-Z. E-R-O. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. Let's continue on with what's going on, Gordon. We got uh, deep into conversation in the last segment, as we're oft to do. Should we talk a little college football for a moment? Let's do it. All right, here's Stuart Mandel. Uh, he was on with Hanson Scotty, of course, one of the uh, the best college football writers out there. He does a terrific job at The Athletic. Here's what he had to say with Hanson Scotty. Across the landscape of, of 
of uh, attendance and what we can expect. I've heard uh, athletic directors say it might be as much as 75. Some may be 25 percent. Is that another thing where we just kind of have to wait over the next couple of months to see what universities are going to do as far as fans in the stands? Well, it was said to me early on, and I think it's true, you know, decisions about how they're going to play the games and and all that stuff will be made by the schools and the conferences. But how many people are going to be allowed in the stadium is going to be dictated to them by their local health officials. And I think it will vary widely from state to state. Here in California, I can tell you right now, like, there's not going to be big crowds at football games in the fall, if any. Uh, Just the, the way they've approached the whole reopening has been very cautious and, um, you know, I could see them saying no fans in the stands or 10% or 20% or something like that. But in other parts of the country, they may say all, all things go full stadium. Um, uh, maybe that's not realistic, but you, know, you saw the, the governor of Texas had a conference call with the ADs in that state and told them, uh, he, he was telling them, you know, that it was bad news that you know, you're only going to be able to have 50%. Well, that's still 50,000 people at a Texas game or a Texas A&M game. So uh, I think it will vary from state to state, and it may not be consistent throughout the season. Maybe you start with a small number, and if that works, you, you move it up and vice versa. If there's an outbreak, you may have to scale back. I talked to one college administrator who said, I'm just uh, I would just love to fast forward to next year at this time and 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 hope that season goes on without a hitch because he goes every week I'm going to be waking up anytime my phone rings I'm going to be in a panic wondering uh, w- what the news is on the other line it's just going to be that kind of a season coming up uh, but with that said the comments made by Dr. Fauci I think were more geared towards the NFL but did that resonate around the college football world at all this morning um certainly resonated with me um but you know we're just living in this weird time where he can say that and and then you know the clemson ad can say we're fully expecting a full stadium this year yeah like everybody is just i don't know it's like people are seeing it the way they want to see it and uh, uh i know he, he raised my eyebrows yesterday when he said he was encouraging baseball to try to end its season by the end of september and that's something that I mean, I mean, it's been mentioned, but nobody really truly wants to think about what if there's a second wave um, once cold and flu season gets here. Um, so uh, all of this is a way of saying, like, this is unprecedented. Nobody knows exactly how it's going to play out. I do think that um, all signs lead to the season starting on time. Um but what happens once the season starts and you get into that time of year? I mean, what if you make it through the regular season, but then – you can't have the playoffs. I mean, there, there's just a million different scenarios. And, you know, it, it all comes down to this. You know, I think the NBA bubble is a great idea. It's weird, but I think it could work. Um, but you can't put college kids in a bubble you know, for four months. So they're going to be interacting with other uh, players on campus or other students on campus. They're going to go to Chipotle and interact with people there. Um, you know, this doesn't really get talked about enough, I think, but. You know, the players are all young, and we know that the risk uh, age group is not very high at all. But there's a lot of 60-, 70-year-old coaches uh, on these staffs, and, and not just assistant coaches, um, equipment managers, support staff. Like, there are high-risk people that work very closely in these, in these football programs. So it's going to be a very hard situation to manage. There you go. That's Stuart Mandel giving his thoughts on just what college – football is going to look like, and we've talked about this for a while, Gordon, it's going to be a lot more difficult for college sports than it is for pro sports. There's just so many more voices that have to be considered. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. And then when you think of the situation of the 
of the players who are, are taking classes and, and taking tests and having to, in some cases, be on site. It's pretty hard to be in a bubble in that situation, huh? Well, I don't think the bubble's an option. No, it's so not. The, we'll we'll you know we we'll see how it goes. I mean, I would imagine. But I do wonder. I do wonder what it's going to look like on campus, Jake. Uh, I I just don't know. How are people going to react to each other? And if they if they if it's the same as normal, then will we see the continued uh, higher spikes uh, in in coronavirus cases? I mean, I saw today four another four hundred ninety five cases in Utah today. Three more deaths. I mean, what's it going to look like in the fall? With Nobody the, knows, which is is part uh, of what Stewart uh, Stewart was was saying right, right there. I, I know one decision uh, when John, we played John Hartwell yesterday. The AD at uh, Utah State said something that Utah is doing that Utah State is considering, and and stuff like this actually makes some sense to me because this is stuff you can you can plan. And it's easy to do. Utah is not going to bring its students back after Thanksgiving break. Huh. The rest of the semester will be online, so they'll do their their finals and that sort of thing online. Like that makes a lot of sense. You know that that's something you can easily change. And when you look at the the, the broad nature of this thing, you've got somebody in one community for uh, an extended period of time, several months. You send them to a different community, which would be home. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for anybody to bring them back. I mean, that yeah. just seems unnecessary. So little little stuff like that that you can plan now, like that really makes a lot of sense. And if you're a, a football program or whatever, that gives you something to plan around. Like the little little simple things that you can do now like that, I think that should be done. But the problem with college football is you can't – it has to be – it's going to have to be flexible, Gordon. Kind of, And Stuart was implying that, right? I mean, they're going to have to be flexible with the hand they're dealt. There's just, there's just no other way to do it. Yeah, because like you were saying, each state has uh, different restrictions in place. Each county, each city. Yes. BYU, so, BYU and Utah are going to have different parameters in which they'll be able to operate. One of the interesting aspects of that, Jake, is if it is left up to the people to decide whether to go to games or not, will they go? Some will, some won't. But there will be those who want to go who will think maybe better of it. And then there will be other situations where you can't go. I don't think they'd get sold out stadiums per se. Uh, but I I bet you a lot of people would go. I, what? Okay, so let's think about this for a second. Let's say it's SEC country. And uh, Alabama is going to play Ole Miss. What's that going to look like? And if the stadium is has near capacity crowd or capacity crowd, what I wonder what the science will show after those kinds of gatherings. Will people be wearing masks? Will they not feel comfortable doing that? Will they want to yell and scream and carry on like normal? Uh, what will pregame look like? What will halftime look like? What will postgame? What will tailgating look like? And then afterward, what will the numbers show? If you have 60,000 people jammed into a stadium, uh, then how, I mean, how many COVID cases are you going to have in the aftermath? Um, I, 
so that that I don't get me wrong. That stuff matters. I, I think that stuff matters. And yes, from a scientific standpoint, that will be interesting. But the truth is, it, it depends on what the politicians in that state think, because I think that schools in the SEC, I don't know about schools in the Pac-12, but schools in the SEC, I think, are going to do as much as they're allowed. And you heard Stewart mention <laughs> like Clemson, for example, who says they're going to go full out. Well, if if. The, the politicians in that state, city, and county say, knock yourself right out. They're going to do it. And what if they do that and the numbers are, you know, the, the, it's reflected in the numbers and there are these spikes. Are they going to keep on doing it? I don't because know. That, that, that's the scenario we were talking about. What happens if it gets so bad that they have to interrupt the season again? I mean, and what happens if if that's the case in certain corners of the country, but not others? Well, I think that's where the flexibility comes in. Because what if LSU uh, encounters a circumstance where where things um, heat up a little bit, and Alabama uh, acquires, uh, you know, a reaches the same circumstance and LSU says, you know what, we're done. We're not going to play anymore. But Alabama says, screw that. We're going to play regardless. We'll go find a different opponent. I mean, that easily could happen. And what happens if in the standings, if, and let's say one of the decisions to not play is a responsible one, but uh, in our little, our little uh, make-believe scenario here, LSU is seven and one, or let's say they're five and one. Well, let's say they're five and zero, oh, and Alabama keeps playing, and they're eleven and two. What? How do you? How do you decipher that? Uh, LSU falls victim or uh, is a martyr to the god of responsibility, Gordon. I mean, what does that mean for postseason opportunity? Uh, well, I mean, what does it mean by championships? Who's, for... Whose standard of responsible are you operating under? Yeah. That's the problem in all this, right? So I don't think, you know, I, I think they'll say in our scenario again, they'll say, "Oh, good for you, LSU. You know, you're doing what's right for you. Have a nice day." I mean, that's that's how it's going to be. But I wonder how the players will feel. I wonder. I how, guess I, I would guess they'd transfer from LSU. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, and, 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 and let's say it's not that drastic. Let's say, uh, let's say USC is uh, ten and zero, and or let's say they're nine and zero, uh, and and Alabama is uh, eleven and one. Are you going to who are you going to reward? Well, I don't know. We'll see when we get there. I mean, where where does where will it come into play? What if uh, Gavin Newsom decides that? Uh, uh, he will no longer allow football to be played uh, in his state, and USC is undefeated. How's that going to go? Because if you don't think that the governor of California will be thinking about how those USC people are going to donate and vote, you're crazy. Well, one thing we do know is that uh, we won't know whether there, if in the Cal Bears situation, we won't know whether the game is actually going to be played or not because the stadium is never full. Love that shot, Gordon. Out of nowhere. Bam. Shot to the Bears fans. Take how much, that. How, how much was that stadium uh, renovation? No, oh, hundreds of millions of dollars. And you can barely tell. What a dump. Still. <laughs> it's a pretty place in the world, though. It is. All right, stay tuned. We'll have a Mountain America market update for you coming up right around the corner. Sam Amick at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Kristen Kinney at 5. It's a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We're going to get to a Mountain America market update coming up here momentarily. Get folks uh, caught up uh, what's going on in the uh, the markets out there, uh, Gordon. Hopefully you're rolling in dough still. I'm sure you are. Uh, I don't know really how to respond to that. <laughs> I wouldn't if I were you either. Uh, so we'll we'll uh, we'll check in uh, coming up. Gordon, uh, you have a column, a new column up at sltrib.com uh, headline, and this is some of the stuff we got to yesterday on the the show, of course. But the NBA has gone to extreme lengths to bring back the Utah Jazz and a lost season. We can kind of get more into it. We've got Sam coming up at the top of the four o'clock hour, but let's get into what uh, you were getting to in the column. Essentially, it was a lot of the stuff that we talked about. I wrote it before yesterday's show, and it was uh, essentially all the lengths that the NBA is going to to uh, to secure their players and to make them feel comfortable, and, but to also sort of throw down the hammer and say, hey, we want you to follow these guidelines. They're more than guidelines. If, uh, if somebody leaves the campus, for instance, they're going to have to uh, undergo the the more – <laughs> I guess it, it more painful, the more painful uh, kind of uh, uh, test for COVID-19 where they where they do. They stick a swab all the way up your nose into your brain. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a long swab. And um, the, the normal test that they'll do is a shorter one. It's still a yes. nasal test, but not and uh, then, as and, invasive. And then, and then you, they, they have to uh, I think you've uh, the player has to sit quarantine for three days or something like that and they will lose their pay for if they miss any games on account of that so anyway it just goes through many of the things that we talked about as far as what they've put in place to secure that health and safety and uh and i think they've done a, a pretty good job you think they've taken it too far maybe they have in some cases but i think better to err on the side of safety than to be cavalier about it and uh because of that it sure looks like we're gonna have basketball again well, I'll, I'll give you this, Gordon. You can describe the plan uh, in the bubble uh, with a with a lot of words. You can describe that situation, but Cavalier ain't one of them. Oh, uh, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, they're the the structure they've got set up with the the ping pong rules and all is is anything but Cavalier. How are you describe? How are you uh, d- uh, defining Cavalier? Uh, well, I guess, uh, are they, um, cavalier being, um, uh, overtly reckless maybe? Is that what you're getting at? Okay. I, I I don't know what you were getting at with cavalier, but it's, uh, certainly. I was using your uh, word, not mine. As, as, uh, well, okay. But it's as controlled as possible. I'll say it that way. And they are not being sloppy. They are not leaving a lot to chance. Because if that happens, then that would short-circuit the whole endeavor, and that's the last thing the NBA wants with this whole thing. And they're doing anything but that. That was really my point. Yes. I mean, uh, I'm with you now. Great, great 
Don't throw great, great, don't throw, le- great, great lengths to to not be that. Don't throw my words back at me in a context that I don't understand. Excuse me, I'll try to be more careful of that. I'm trying to decide who who didn't know what they were talking about more, you or me. You didn't even know you used the word. <laughs> Using your you know, words, sir. There's nothing like having a sarcastic producer. All right. It's time for another Mountain America Market Update. Uh, Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services. He, of course, is our good friend Ray Nishikawa with us here on The Big Show. Ray, how are you? Doing well. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Ray, as we were babbling on, Austin said in our ear, you guys know that Ray is holding, right? And he had only told us four times prior to that. We kept you waiting. Our apologies. Sorry for the delay. We were it's early. Okay. Now we're late. Sorry, Ray. <laughs> All right. I, I just, I, I was wanted to see what you know Gordon said about Cavalier. I wanted to hear the definition. So. Okay. I was going, Me too. I didn't bring up the Cavaliers. I wasn't Me, talking about. It. They're not there. Me too, Ray. Me too, oh, buddy. Uh, all right. Let's get down to business, so to speak. What happened in the markets today? Well, the markets today, the S&P and the Dow were both flat. Uh, The Nasdaq did eke out about a third of a percent, but overall, uh, a flat market. Uh, New unemployment claims are down from the prior week. Uh, They're down about 58,000. We're down to about 1.5 million. Uh, But historically, we're still really, really high. Uh, considering that our prior peak before COVID happened was uh, back in 1982, we hit 695,000. So 1.5 million still is very, very high. Um, We're hoping to hopefully see that kind of creep down over here the next several months. Do you anticipate that it will, Ray? You know, it's hard to say because as as the economy's opened up, we're seeing now um, a secondary spike in uh, COVID. And even though from what I've been reading, uh, most of the governors are not apt to close down the economy, it's it's a little bit disconcerting because I think there was a lot of hope that with summer that this would act more like the flu and it would just kind of dissipate. Um, but um, it looks like so far that's not really happening. So we'll have to see. Any advice for the listeners out there, Rick? All right. Well, today um, I'm going to go back to my Lakers, but uh, I actually do have hopefully solid advice. So there are really three phases in wealth generation and and just keeping it there. And so the first one is you want to get your head above water. And the second one is once you're there, you want to stay above water. And the third one is you want to stay there as long as you can. If you could do those three three things, you're golden. Um, But to tie this in with your listeners and with, with you know, Sports Talk Radio, um, kind of going from last week, I mentioned how you know, sports is nice because you get that offseason. You get a reboot. You get a reprieve. But whereas in life, we don't. But on the flip side, there is actually a benefit to consistency. So to both of you, I have a question. All right. If, you, if you're the jazz owner and you draft a future Hall of Famer, how many seasons will you get from him? Mm, what do you think, Gordon? Well, it depends on uh, the kinds of players you surround him with. If he thinks he has a chance to do some big winning, then he's going to stick around for a long time. If not, he won't. He's looking for a number here, yeah. Gordon. We got to oh, let's get a, a number. Now, okay, ten, ten, ten. That 10? sounds good. Ten, Ray. Ten, good. Okay. What about Utes? Pick up a five-star recruit. We know in hindsight he's going to be great. How many years do you think we get to keep him? Three. Well, three, yeah. Okay. All right. Both on the higher end of what I thought. Okay. The nice thing is 
in sports, you could get the best player, but eventually you're going to have turnover, right? You're going to lose these players, either retirement trades or just, you know, they're going to be gone. But in life, in if you kind of take this analogy, right, I'll try to be quick, but if assume that you as a household are the Lakers, right? You're the Laker management. And the traits that you build up are the players. So, for example, if you could be, I don't know, the Kobe Bryant of meticulous planning and prepping, if you could say that uh, the joy of saving and looking for the future, you have Magic Johnson levels of that talent, well, you don't ever have to lose those players. You can keep them not for five or ten years, but really once you have that ingrained in you, you can keep that for 20, 30, 40 years. And then if you're lucky, you can get Shaquille O'Neal levels of financial domination. Always uh, good yeah, with the Lakers. The Lakers. Yeah, yeah. Gotta do it. That's our friend. That's our friend Ray Nishikawa from Mountain America Investment Services. Always a pleasure, Ray. Thank you. No, thank you very much. Have a great day. Back at you. Right. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible. Is it, is it fair to say Ray was saying do not be cavalier when approaching your investments <laughs> in, the, in the stock market? Is that, would that be fair? Yeah, I think that that might be fair. Okay. Can we agree when to he, never when, be cavalier on this show? When, sure. he, when he was asking about how long the Utes would have a, a a great player, was he talking about football or basketball? Uh, I thought I I thought he was talking about uh, uh, women's tennis. No. <laughs> well, if it was football, that would have to be three years. If it was basketball, it'd be one year. What right? about diving? Uh, I don't know where a diver would be headed off to. What about they've, gymnastics? Well, they've got a great esports program up there now. They do. <laughs> well, I, I I think most of those sports they'd stick around for their entire college career. I see. Okay. But I don't want to be cavalier in my in my guessing. Anything but. All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk to our so our, much. our friend Sam Amick uh, from the Athletics. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone.